Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Unhedged. I'm your host, Frank Trois, and I'm really looking forward to this week's broadcast. Each week, we try to present you with the most diverse group of panelists and speakers that one can find anywhere. These range from theologians to portfolio managers, hedge fund managers, politicians, you name it. If they've written a book, we're going to have them on air talking about it. And by the way, we're not going to follow a scripted, organized discussion, but rather have a free-form discussion so that we can talk about the things that are top of mind, and more importantly, ask the questions that you would probably have asked yourself. Feel free to recommend the show to friends and colleagues, and with that, let's get on with this week's edition of Unhedged. Today's broadcast is brought to you today by Oracle. Oracle helps customers develop roadmaps, migrate to the cloud, and take advantage of emerging technologies from any point. These include new cloud deployments, on-prem environments, and hybrid implementations. Oracle's approach makes it easy for companies to get started in the cloud and even easier to expand as business grows. For more information, go to sohocap.com unhedged, and we can provide free cloud credits to our listeners. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of Unhedged. I am privileged and honored this week to have Mr. Jason Jones with us from... Now, Jason, are you in New York today or in Connecticut? Where are you? I'm in New York. You're in New York. Says, What's the weather like there today? We had a little bit of snow the last two days, um, but it's not so bad. Probably in the 30s. So, so, well, that's not too yeah, bad right. at all. Yeah. Not too bad at all. And are, are you in uh, Midtown today or are you outside in one of the boroughs? I'm in the boroughs. I'm in Westchester. Oh, nice. So you're slumming it for the day. Not bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not bad. So Jason, the, the, to, to our viewers, just a quick disclaimer. You and I have had the pleasure of um, getting to know one another the past year and a half. And, and I think it would be insufficient for me to say that you were a man that wore many successful hats. And uh, I find it interesting where, where it, you know, if you talk to one contingent of folks, they might know you from your, your conference work, uh, very successful work with Lendit. And now you're kind of leading this pioneering charge into uh, and with consensus and revolutionizing the asset management industry. So I've just wondered, what, what, what made you decide to jump the Rubicon? I mean, you, you're one of the few guys who actually built a successful business on the conference side with, with a great brand. And, and uh, you know, what, what made you want to do the change? It's funny, that's the way that you think of it, and I guess that makes sense. But uh, I've been a portfolio manager and research analyst since 1995, so um, a long time. Uh, and to me, I stumbled onto the conference. That was the that was the diversion, um, which was not, you know, putting together con- conferences a lot like putting together a portfolio of, of companies. You're basically, my, my expertise is, and the reason why I ended up putting a conference together in the first place was I had a fund and I wanted to deploy it in various areas of fintech. And I thought, hey, I, I need to get to know everybody. So why don't I put together an event where I invite all the CEOs together and I'll put various ones in panels. I'll organize them by topics and themes and uh, I'll hear what they have to say. And then I'll have a better chance of understanding where to allocate my money. So it really was a business development thing to start with. Um, it, it quickly grew faster than we ever expected. And, uh, now it's a global, global brand. It's the number two FinTech conference in the world. And, uh, and it's opened the world to me in ways that I never expected. Uh, so it's been a, a great experience, uh, 
four and a half years in, uh, after building it, I, um, I stepped down as CEO and, uh, refocused on my next fund, which is actually my fifth fund. So, um, uh, back to, back to my roots of, uh, launching funds. You know, and I'm, I'm- let, let's stick with that for a second, because I, w- I had the fortune or misfortune of when I was in the States of, of getting to know folks in the entertainment industry. And I remembered when I was working with folks on the music side, they always drew the parallel to between music and Wall Street, which, which on the face of it, no one would make that connection. But, but the comparison was in regards to the idea that you as a portfolio manager are creating content or songs, you know, hence your fund. So that that's the content that you're creating. And I thought it was really amazing when, when I was speaking with one of them where he said, you know what? He goes, the money management industry is going to go the same way that music did, which is basically you're going to give away the music for free and you're going to make money on the live shows. You're going to go touring. And I'd, I'd be curious as to your, because again, you know, you and I've had a tendency to blue sky on a bunch of stuff. I mean, is that an absurd idea? I mean, you've seen the power of, of putting people, big names on stage and, and, you know, you've made that a very successful business. Is that, is that an outcome conceivably that could be there for the money management industry? Um, so I'm basically live nation of the money management industry. <laughs> that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's interesting. I, I invested in a lot of uh, media companies and I saw that, that, that play out. I've never thought of it that way. Um, I, I will say I, I never realized, um, how successful and profitable the events business can be. And it's a great business. It's really, really difficult. There's so many um, aspects. I don't know if you've watched the uh, Netflix doc- documentary on the Fire Festival, but uh, it shows you like how big of a screw up, uh, how, how things can quickly go south very quickly. And uh, I definitely identified with with those people and felt bad for them. But uh, but the idea of planning every little detail is really difficult. So it's uh, it's it's a good business. It's a profitable business. The industry is a very healthy industry. Um, I think that uh, the fact that we're all going digital um, and we've lost kind of that that uh, that contact with other people actually um, makes conferences more valuable because it's the time when you when you stop going digital, you put down your phones, your 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 laptops, whatever, and you actually get in a room with other people and connect before your own community before going back to your digital world. So. I think conferences are fueled by the growth of the internet and, and growth. Of the- and you, and you, with your conference, you had a a pretty clear focus on on uh, parts of the peer to peer space. And and I'd be curious if wearing your portfolio manager hat, um, you know, big picture, what what are your thoughts on that space? I mean, you know, are and are we in the first inning of that play, or are we in the eighth inning of that play? Um, some folks would argue that the play in peer to peer is over. I mean, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I, so, uh, pl- specifically on peer to peer, uh, I think, uh, it's expanding to marketplace lending and from there to alternative credit and from there to private credit. And if you're looking at it from the, um, asset allocators perspective, uh, they're allocating to alternative investments and within that. Private credit is one of the most interesting um, areas of alternative investing right now. So capital is still flowing to this space. And I think um, I, I think that technology is opening up more and more opportunities for uh, for private, private credit and lenders and non, non-bank lenders to move into the space. So I see it as blossoming. 
I see it growing rapidly in the, on the lending side. Um, it's just, it's, it's still evolving, right? The, the players that we brought in in 2013 are very different than the, the leading players that are in the market today. Um, but that's natural. It's just the evolution of the industry. Now, when you say, for, for some of our listeners who might not know the space as well, when you say private credit, what do you mean? Um, well, th- I guess that's the term that, um, you know, the ivory tower asset allocators use for a category of there's private equity and there's private credit. Um, and within the private credit space, you have um, a number of different new opportunities that have that have opened up that basically were the domain of banks for a long time. Um, and now we're opening to non-bank lenders uh, that are um, taken piece by piece here and there. Part of it is just, you know, levering up a private equity um, transaction. But a lot of it is also, you know, uh, trade finance and invoice financing or, um, you know, various areas that banks always dominated, but is now being open to um, non-bank lenders. And, and on the platform side, what, what do you see as the real the real value proposition that they're presenting is it, is it or is it the ability to source the debt? Is it the ability to score the debt? Or what? What at the end of the day are they doing that a traditional lender cannot do? Uh, they're picking at different pieces. They're just applying technology and being more aggressive about using technology to um, to become more efficient. And a lot of the larger banks that move slower are learning from the fintech companies. So. Um, you, they, they move faster in origination and marketing and user experience and in underwriting and pricing of data in fraud and collections and servicing <laughs> all the way across the they're using they're using technology especially um, machine learning and um, artificial intelligence to um, improve the, the entire the entire process and, and is it inevitable that the incumbents, do you see them actually acquiring some of these firms or, or are they in a race now to, to copy paste the model as quickly can, as they can in their own infrastructure? I mean, I think we're in a really nice time for, there's a very harmonious time right now between the large banks and the um, large fintech companies. They're working really well together. They, I guess it would be called coopetition. They know they're competitive, but they're also cooperating in ways we've never seen before. Um, so um, just the first quarter, just since the beginning of this year, I've seen probably 40, 40 deals over $30 million in size, venture deals uh, of fintech companies. The space is smoking hot and the large companies, like several a week are, are raising huge rounds right now. So um, fintech's uh, very uh, healthy right now. And, um, and it seems like banks are, uh, have an appetite and are interested in the space and interested in learning from the fintech companies. Fintech companies are interested in partnering with the banks. So nice time for both sides. And and one thing I would be curious about bef- before we take a break, the how many times have you and I been involved in conversations where folks say, this is going to be the remit of Apple, this will be Google, this will be Facebook. And why at the end of the day, from your perspective, why, at the end of the day, are these platforms not engaged fully in financial services? It seems like they're 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 maybe they're they're dabbling around payments, but they haven't taken the plunge yet. And is there a rationale for why they haven't taken the plunge? You know, I, I'm an internet analyst. That's by what I covered. I was on the sell side as an internet analyst, and buy side, ran an 
hedge fund, uh, internet hedge fund. So that my roots are in kind of internet investing. And I remember when Eric Schmidt was CEO, Google, his, his, someone asked him what was the most difficult part of his job. And he told us that it was finding the next area of growth. When you're at such a massive scale, how can you continue growing 20% plus top line every year? You have to find huge markets and figure out ways to get into those markets. So when, when, you know, when I think about that, I say, okay, well, if you're a giant like Facebook or Google or Amazon, you know, it's sitting right, financial services is sitting right there. It's a place where you can allocate a lot of capital and you can, you, you can really grow into that space. And plus, you have the uh, their competitors in China, WeChat and Alibaba, which have gone full force into fintech, but yet they haven't. And I just I'm left scratching my head, saying, really, what has taken so long for Google, Amazon, Apple, um, Facebook to to really kind of get into the financial services sector? I've heard there's regulation. You know, there was a case where where Walmart tried to get a banking license and they couldn't. There's a lot of people that cite that as the reason why these large consumer internet companies have not have not moved into financial services. But that does it just doesn't it just doesn't seem like that's the the the, the factor to me. I, I think it might be a little bit of cultural. Um, of all of them, Amazon's the one that's moving most aggressively right now. Uh, they're doing it kind of under the radar, but they have probably 30 different initiatives going on in financial services right now. Um, when you aggregate it all up and you look at what they're doing, it's actually pretty formidable. Um, Apple just did a, a partnership with Goldman where Goldman's actually issuing a credit card um, uh, or credit against uh, some people that want to purchase Apple products. So that's a nice, in, interesting um, initiative. But uh, overall, I mean, there's still nobody's taking on the challenge like Alibaba or WeChat have taken it on in China. You hit it on the head. And I, I always find it amazing when I talk to Americans or, or, or even show them what, what WeChat looks like today. And they're stunned at, at just the sheer, you know, sheer amount of options that are available. And, and it, you know, part, part, I, I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of, you know, when you look at, when you compare the States and, and you compare them to China, where everything on the Chinese side is state driven and, and, Part I think there's 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 a lot of legroom on your argument that it's a regulatory concern or a privacy concern. I mean, if we look at just the, you know, the damage that Facebook's trying to control right now with with some of the information they have on their site, you know, you can imagine how bad it could get if they actually had access to all of your financial data as well. Absolutely, yeah. But also, when you look at uh, what what brands consumers trust Facebook relative to all of the uh, all the banks. Um, all the statistics still suggest Facebook is more trustworthy. Um, that may change, uh, especially after this year. Uh, but I still think they're probably, they carry a stronger brand and more trust with consumers. So if they did enter into financial services, I, I would not be surprised and probably would think it's probably a pretty smart move. Um, but who am I? I don't, <laughs> I don't know what, uh, what, what's the, what the hurdles are there specifically. Well, you I'm don't have to find out, but I, I I'm haven't, not... haven't yet. <laughs> I'm not going to let you get away with that bit of humble pie. And what, what I'd like to do, Jason, would you uh, would you have some time for us to do another segment? Because I'd like to pick up on that. And, and more importantly, I want to start deep diving on what you're doing now, which is quite exciting. And I think our listeners would, uh, would love a peek into that. Would that be okay if we came back? Sure thing. Absolutely. So for our listeners, thank you again for listening into Unhedge. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we will be right back. <laughs> 